Live from the Pathway Studios in Johnston proper, you are live from the path. And you're listening to Live from the Path. We're coming to you from the Pathway Studios here in Johnston proper. My name is Mike Foost. Nobody even asked who you were. I know. <laughs> I feel like we've gone weeks without people introducing me properly. Okay. Uh, w- welcome to the program. Uh, I'm Ben Foost. Oh, I see. <laughs> <laughs> it felt better. It felt better when I did it. Here's what we, uh, So before we, get to, before we lose the train, before the train falls off the tracks and the coyotes take the remnants, this is what's going on the show tonight. Uh, first of all, the ladies from the Pleasantville Youth Initiative are, are in studio. Mike? Yes, we are. Yeah. Yes, we are. Uh, this you is... dragged them in there. It's late at night. <laughs> yeah. They seem lovely. I don't know why you did this to them. <laughs> what are they doing here? <laughs> uh, Where are we? <laughs> uh, so here's the thing. I totally know them. And uh, they're, they're doing uh, fantastic things uh, for kids and doing fantastic things in the name of Jesus. And so we thought these are the kind of folks we want to talk to. Uh, so this is uh, Jenny Koenig and Emily Calkins. Hi. Hi, guys. Hi. Hi. We're glad What's you guys. up? No, that's fine. I, we didn't work out like a point system where I'm like, okay, you go. Uh, so anyway, we're gonna we're gonna, we got a couple articles to talk about tonight, or at least one, uh, and then we're gonna talk uh, to um, them for a little bit, just about the things that uh, God has them doing, and um, a little bit about them and Jesus and where all that came from. Uh, and then I, we're gonna have a, a little bit of conversation. They share a little bit of background, the same as me, um, in youth ministry stuff. And so, like, mm-hmm. I have a, just some general overall youth questions. I think we'd like to touch on and. And uh, just see where what we think the pulse of the, of the way things are going are, uh, and then I have some Pope style advice, maybe, and then we got some dear life in the path. Yeah, advice on dear life in the path. I was I was actually listening to one of the back programs uh, because a the what now? Uh, yeah, one of the back pro- the the shows, the elder older shows. Gotcha. The elder. Uh, <laughs> and because uh, we're coming up, listen here. Did I have I said this yet? We're coming up on the five hundredth. Life in the Path episode. Mm-hmm. It's in like the next, I, I think, 15, 20 episodes or something like that. And so uh, I was going back and listening to some of the back programs to try to find uh, a clips for like a compilation. And I'll be honest with you, this is a real desert. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's a real desert. Um, but we were talking about um, one of the pieces, the Dear Life in the Paths, was some guy whose wife... Um, would always introduce so that the, the, she would meet somebody and then she would ask them what their age is. So he's frustrated. It's the guy that's writing in. Okay. And uh, she would ask what their age is and then she would ask the husband, do you have any idea how old this woman is that they Ooh. met? And he's like, I, what am I supposed to do? And then, she, of course, no one would want to answer this question. And then, then she would go, oh, well, do you know how old I am? Oh. <laughs> and, uh Yeah. Yeah, I, I think shy of it was good. I think we gave good advice. I'm not going to tell you what it is, but I'll, I'll put it in the. Uh, I'll post it online. Uh, the vid, the uh, episode you can go back of and the check archives. It out. Yeah, you okay, can go I'm check excited. It out. Okay, <laughs> all right. So here's what we got going on. Let's look at the articles. There was a couple that stood out to me. Someone had a. Um, there was an article in the in Christianity Today, and I guess I, I was I was curious about maybe your guys' reaction to the, the title of the article was "Why Should Pastors Get All the Good Theology Textbooks?" Okay. Oh, okay. So, like, I, I'm going to read just a little bit about this, um, and I kind of want to talk about whether it creates an unnecessary burden mm-hmm. upon someone. 
Hmm. So um, the, it goes, for years, Caleb Barthel wanted to deepen his understanding of the Bible and theology. There's not really a, not a way to get that from just a Sunday morning sermon or just Sunday school. You can grow on your own, absolutely, but you're not getting seminary-level teaching. Bartel never felt called to become a pastor. He's a home remodeler and a married father of five, which makes seminary impractical. But the 33-year-old is now getting the chance to study theology thanks to a program at his church. Congregations across the country are implementing in-house theology programs designed to engage members like Bartel who aren't pursuing professional ministry but still want to study theology, church history, and the Bible. Some programs, like Centrals, are designed to replicate formal theological education just without the seminary setting or the tuition bill, which can easily run up to $16,000 per year. Others aim to be more accessible. So um, the, the, the rest, there's like two more paragraphs, and then they charge it for the rest of the article. So I did not, uh, <laughs> you know, this quality of the program says we don't pay for articles around here. Um, so I, I guess out of the gate, if, like net positive, yes? Yeah. Like p- putting um, – I think you feel like providing additional resources that help people study the Bible to think about it in a um, in a competent way, in a contextual way, like it it can't do anything but help. Yeah, I told I'm totally there with that. Um, I worry maybe just a hair that like um, there's an implication that you, that you can't do without them because hmm. uh, plenty of people do. Plenty of people do just fine um, around that. And um, I, I wonder if it also frames it, – it's, it's a very Western European studiousness of what it looks like to follow Jesus when – if the thing that we think about is book, glasses, bread. Mm. Um, I, I mean m- most of your – most of the theologians that like people are quoting today are you know Western European theologians from 1870, German – uh, mm-hmm. And then it switches a bit, and so um, I don't know. Like maybe that just hit me funny. I, I would be cautious that first of all, not everybody learns that way. Not, that's not not always the way which people take it in. Um, but does it create like an I don't know an unnecessary burden on upon somebody to feel like uh, if you don't have the good books, if you don't have the right books, then you're missing out on something that God is doing. Does it feel like a risk? Well, here's the thing: is is I think it's it's always a comparative problem. Like I remember like uh, knowing. Um, a gal, and I still know a gal, that like she, I don't know what it was, but like she smelled like Jesus, right? And so like mm-hmm. when when she prayed, God would answer, like in, in like practical ways where like it would say, here, God, here's the thing on my heart or whatever. And then God would show up and go, yeah, do this thing. And then how she's often doing it, you know? And like for years, I'm sitting there watching her going, I'm doing something wrong. I mean, this is just not happening for me. Like I, I don't understand. Like and and felt like either God was thinking a certain way about me, um, or like I wasn't following faithfully. There was something different, you know, that I was screwing up. And like I, I bring that up to say that like it took years for me to be comfortable with the fact that like God made me to be what God made me to be. Mm-hmm. So I, I feel like and, and Ben has said this before is like when you look at the the titles within the, you know the the Bible where they're talking about pastors and deacons and whatever like these are responsibilities not jobs you yeah. know so they're things that God has called people to but it's it's not like a <laughs> you know like it's it's not a job that like you would think about it as a job right you would more think about it as a responsibility a church that was just a ragtag nothing house church with no formal infrastructure and no building can still have deacons. Because it's a responsibility and not a job, right? Opposed to like something that says this has to be the structure here. So <clears throat> I say that because when I compare that to say, I think God has has 
you know, pulled certain people to clarify his word and help see it correctly in the context of which it sits. And, and like, I mean, the Bible project is this, right? And they yeah. do a fantastic job of it. So I think God has called people to do that. Now, whether I believe it to be a necessity for what God has called you to, I don't know, maybe not. Paul was pretty rough, right? Like he takes things right out of Jesus' mouth, and then he just goes off and takes beatings for the next 20 years. Mm-hmm. That was pretty much his entire ministry thing, <laughs> yeah. right? And so like the theology of it, he, you know, he didn't, get, he didn't get uber lost in it. Now, John, on the other hand, like he'd weave in and out of this thing, right? Very poetic, very, very dramatic language, you know? And that wasn't Paul. And like we don't denigrate Paul for not having the same type of action. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. It, it's, it's a don't hear me at all. Like I think actually much more of this stuff is accessible. Like, like you shouldn't be intimidated by it. Um, there is a lot that is super accessible. I do think you have to be prepared um, as you approach um, some biblical commentaries and stuff like – it it will it will oh boy I'm gonna use it I'm gonna use the phrase it will deconstruct some things for you yeah. to be honest yeah. it will it will start to tear down certain things that like you didn't it wasn't like a, a, a false facade or anything it was just you hadn't thought of it um and it will take uh, this this happens all the time because I um we, actually we we go through the Christmas story and I think half your nativity scene is bogus yeah <laughs> sorry yeah, 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 yeah. every year um, <laughs> yeah. but but like. I mean, one, so what? But 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 two, um, as long as you're not holding with a tight hand a thing a person said to you or a cultural thing, um, and and you're you're you have an open heart and mind that says, look, I just want to hear God speak. And if this is what was going on, if this is what He made sure was recorded, is if what the prophet said that I'm supposed to take in with some level of context that surrounded the thing. Um, as long as you're willing to embrace that, it's actually a very good thing. It's a very fun thing to like start seeing it for what it is. And and then frankly, you recognize where people's own intentions, biases, or desires start getting built up on certain things that we believe. Mm-hmm. Um, and I like to see those go away. I like to see them crumble on my own, actually. I like I like to see something, even if it feels whatever whatever I lose because there was some some cultural attachment to something that I thought God was saying can't only get better on the depth of what God is actually saying. Yeah. Um, so anyway, like I'm not, I wouldn't dissuade from it at all, but like I would also, I, I, I worry sometimes um, about what feels, like the scripture shouldn't feel like a handcuffs. Um, our ability to follow Jesus shouldn't be like, like the only way to do that is to be a theologian. Um, I, I, frankly, it's one of the things odd for a pastor to say, but like I, I, I'm cautious of people beating themselves up if they don't read their Bible every day. Like, most yeah. of the people in the Bible did not have a Bible to read daily. Yeah. Yeah. They would pray. They would pray every day. They would pray the Shema. But like again, uh, our prayer is your prayer time of like a mandatory sixty minutes in the morning before everybody gets up, or God's mad at you. No. Now, if you do that and you can find that time, that's awesome. I think that's fantastic. But like sometimes we have guilt related to some of those things. And like again, Jesus probably prayed. He probably prayed the same prayer three times a day. Um, early Christians took Jesus's model prayer, and they actually did, they just did it. They did the Lord's prayer. They didn't have a problem with like, oh, it's shallow. Oh, it's just it's just repeating the same thing. It's not like they didn't have a problem with that at all. Well, is that totally a cultural thing that we have a problem that's not like fresh and made up and new, like every day? Yeah, we're concerned. Often we're concerned about um, like rote religion. Like it's the reason we, to be honest, I think to our detriment that we've backed off certain like repetitive um liturgical things i think we have to be cautious caution cautious about how we uh, sometimes there's a judgment on high church as if it's shallow as if people are just going through the motions 
there's a faithfulness in going through motions. There's a faithfulness in, in again, like Jesus would have would have prayed the same thing multiple times a day. We don't go, oh Jesus, you're so shallow. Yeah, like mm-hmm. yeah, that's bold. An, that's there's, bold thought. That's right. It's there's an intentionality that the words themselves are not deep or shallow. The motions themselves are not deep or shallow. Um, sometimes it's the ability to you know engage yourself in such a way so that you don't treat them shallowly is is totally necessary. But like. I do. I do just wonder. Maybe this is an old soul in me somewhere that says we didn't. We don't lose a little bit of something that says like we're too cool for school here. We 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 have to say our own original thing. When like the things I'm really grasping for in prayer are generally saying things God already said back to Him mm-hmm. in some way or another. And so uh, it, it's again not what you're not holy one way or the other. Mm-hmm. But like I, I think we we risk kind of uh, denigrating uh, a practice. A liturgy, a reminder, a, a something that is sh- that is communal and shared, right? Like our, your ability, even um, even like call and response times, reading scripture together, um, singing songs that everybody knows. Like these are all um, these are good. They are good things. They can be shallow, but it doesn't mean that they are shallow. Just like there's all kinds of things that God created for good that that as a humanity we've managed to mangle for bad. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it's it's kind of that same way. So anyway, just a. I, I I don't know. Maybe I'm maybe I'm um, I'm cautious. Just that we don't get taken too far one way or the other. One that says I, this is not accessible to me, um, yeah. and the other that says, uh, "Oh, I have to do this, otherwise God's word cannot be enlightened for me." And I think neither is. Yeah, because I think like for me, so I was a religion major. I was married Christian college, or I was a married college student. I was a religion major, and about half, or I was almost done with my religion major when I found out I was pregnant with my son, and. I just me personally, I knew I had to step away from all that so I could be a mom that I know that not everybody has to do that. That was just me and my the way my brain works. Mm -hmm. But when I did that, I lost access. So I've always loved the theology, the deeper the theology the you know, all that doctorate stuff. I love it. Like I live for it. And I, if I don't do some sort of program, it's difficult for me to access that. Luckily for me, my dad was a pastor. So I had this whole library of you know, mm-hmm. theology books, but I can see. So like when, whenever our church offers anything that's like this PhD guy is going to come talk, I'm like, I'm there. Yeah. So I can see the benefit of it being more accessible, but you're right. Like I, p- you don't have to have that. I think yeah. some people just enjoy it. You know? Oh yeah, totally. On, yeah. And I'm on the other end of that. So I'm, I, w- I didn't grow up in the church. I'm a accountant, and so <laughs> and also I'm a redneck. The whole room laughs. Oh, so, oh you no! Know, like, <laughs> I'm a backroads accountant lady, and so you guys half the words you guys say I don't even know what they mean. Hey, and so like we're on the same. <laughs> I know. You're the same. I know. And so for me as well, like if if you put me in a theology class, I would glean some things off of it, but honestly, like that doesn't spark an interest in me. But that doesn't mean that I'm also not equipped to do ministry. Yeah. True. And yeah. so um, I think in that way Jenny and I work very well together because she does love the history she loves the theology she can really like if somebody's coming before us she really has a gift of knowing the truth of God's word and I am a hundred percent heart and so (laughs) I I give I love and sometimes like we balance each other out because she's such a deep thinker and she loves God's word so much and sometimes we just need to make it simple and I think that that is where we lose out sometimes where it's Jesus is like just love people. <laughs> like mm-hmm. just do that. Love me, love people. And so I think sometimes we do overcomplicate it like with all of this deep theology, but you can use it also as a tool. And so oh, totally. it's, there is definitely a balance there between yep. between the two where it can be good but it also It would be nice to have access. 
Though. Yeah, I can see yeah. that. Like, yeah. yeah, absolutely for yeah. everybody. Yeah, it's probably the flip side of that 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 rings it most true, which is what the guarding is about. Is like no one has ever said, yeah, I walked away from a relationship with Jesus in the church because they were loving me too much. Mm-hmm. They right. have walked away because they got in some kind of prideful theological argument yeah. where no, right. re- nobody refused to move. You know, and so like that, that is the, the counterbalance is like, now granted, um, it's not hard to take in love. Like, like even people that completely disagree uh, with the things that Jesus has to say, they can't deny the way that he loved people. But when it comes down to disagreeing his theology, yeah. right? They're like, well, fine, line in the sand and we're done. And so, like, it is a much more divisive area, yeah. you know, and, and which why it brings up more uh, guarding. It it does. Although, you know, I would say that one of the one of the things that we've not done well as Christians is we've seeded ground that was totally unnecessary to seed. Mm. Um, in that, like, like there aren't. Like there aren't thoughtful, wise Christian thinkers who like whatever critique. One, I will tell you that almost every atheist critique I've ever heard, a prophet of God has already said, uh, especially like minor prophets. Mm-hmm. So like you go hang around with Amos or Micah, like those guys, like all the complaints, God, where was God when the bad things were happening? Yes, they would agree. <laughs> um, and so, um, but, but like, it, it's not like thoughtful people aren't in on those conversations um most internet atheism frankly is like super shallow because it doesn't actually engage thoughtful christianity it's Mm -hmm. it's uh this is to the detriment of social media someone was making like a what i thought was like a reasonable um critique of christianity and like somebody's response was just so it was like um this is jesus is the truth and he's always been the truth uh and I will pray for you, but I will not be yeah. poisoned by you. I'm like, whoa, that was helpful. <laughs> yeah. And it was a totally like it was a total like reasonably thing that you could speak to. Now, whether the conversation would have been fruitful is a different question. Mm-hmm. Um, but like um, to, to act like there's not thoughtful people who who have like looked at the what it looks like to to say I'm willing to hand over my human control of my life over to this God that I cannot see because I think this is real and I've seen it go on around me and here's the here's the reasons I believe and here's how I take in that thing in scripture that you think is like slam dunk bad. Um, like we've just unnecessarily seeded that and frankly because we've not prepared people. Like we've made it sound like you, you draw the line that goes like God is who he says he is. You know it magically because your aunt told you and uh, everyone else just has to wait on the magic part because God does not reveal himself and all the things around him, which mm-hmm. we know that's not true. Right. So, that, so I, I think that has been an unnecessary seeding of the church to um, to not be prepared for that. But I, I would I, – just it's not a um, – I think the hardest thing maybe in this conversation, which extends to all kinds of different conversations, which is like trusting that if God did not make like the same person all over the world to all do the same things – that he will then work it out to make sure the right kinds of people with the right kinds of gifts are in the right kinds of situations. Um, like we, what we tend to do sometimes is to say, here's what God has gifted me with. I will make disciples of that because it's important to me as opposed to going, uh, I know this is what I'm supposed to do. Uh, if, if I am to influence people in that way, then I would be blessed to be able to do it. But it doesn't mean that uh, this other person isn't being used by God in some other way. It just that totally feels like a real um, like a real casino. Mm-hmm. You're like we're just what like God gets to use people however He wants. How can I control the information that gets out? Like it's hard. Yeah, yeah. that's the right mm-hmm. rendering of the Holy Spirit. Yeah. He's like a wild man friend. Yeah, <laughs> that calls on Friday and you're like, and it's already nine thirty. You're like, what? I don't know about. Are this. you guys coming to this? <laughs> yeah, and you're gonna say a bunch of big words. I'm like, yeah, and he picks yeah. up in a car. <laughs> that sounds that he real good. He has never driven before. And you're like, I don't know what's going on. 
<laughs> okay. Uh, yeah, you're listening to Live from the Path on yep. livefromthepath.org. Uh, we are talking to the ladies from Pleasantville Youth Initiative, uh, Jenny Koenig and, Koenig and Emily Calkins. And uh, so I have some. I have a question for you guys. Yeah. So uh, you guys uh, started the um, Pleasantville Youth Initiative, uh, and I live in Pleasantville, which is why I know this. And so I, a, a couple of questions that I wanted to know is, first of all, why? Why did you do that? Mm, that's and a... what and what is it exactly? Yeah. Okay. So, um, like I said before, I'm a pastor's kid, um, and I was a kind of a dork in middle school. <laughs> Stop that. <laughs> Only I was like an like extra level dork because I was a pastor's kid, and so like at all the school dances, I didn't know any of the music. I was home singing like Carmen songs and. You know, do you guys even know who Carmen is? Carmen persists to this day. Oh, yeah. Yes, he does. May <laughs> yeah. he rest in peace. Um, you know, Michael W. Smith, all that. So anyways, um, but I was lucky enough to be surrounded by mentors all the time because uh, I just had them around me. I had I had parents who loved Jesus and they loved me and they cared enough to put people who weren't them in front of me to mentor me, which is another important thing I can get into later. But um, even with all of that support, I still struggled as a teenager with my self-image and with my identity as just a, a person, um, you know, as a, a daughter of God, all of that. So I can't imagine what it would be like to, you know, trudge through life, you know, from trench to trench through your teen years without having those people. Mm-hmm. Um, and as we know, most kids don't have those people. Even if they have um, parents who love them, they might not have godly people calling them on. Yeah. And so I would say that is really the root of why we started this in the first place. It's kind of twofold. I mean, I, that is definitely being mentors for kids who don't have those people, those voices calling them on. That's sort of the, the main thing. Um, and then the other half of it would be um, it's sort of a heritage or a, an heirloom ministry. So my parents started a youth ministry in Pleasantville when I was in high school that went from like 12 kids to 100 kids in a year. It was huge. It was a big movement of God. And when they moved out of Pleasantville, there were some other ministries like that too, but it kind of left a void. And um, when God called both me and Emily back there, which neither one of us wanted to move back to Pleasantville, by the way. That's mm-hmm. another long story. <laughs> Place to dump. But when he I mean, brought us there, uh, <laughs> we just knew, like I knew that that we had to do this. Like we we had to. Ser- I, I knew first of all that I had to serve the Lord and youth ministry is my passion. So that's sort of what we decided to do. And it started with just throwing parties for kids, like um, after football games, the good kind of parties, not not the bad kind of parties. Right, right. <laughs> Never thrown one of those in my life. <laughs> Only serving Mountain Dew and water. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So it would be, you know, and, and the first time we did it, we had like 100 kids show up and we were like... How many were you expecting? Uh, we didn't know. Like, honestly, I had no idea because... I mean, I knew some of their parents just from going to high school with some of them or, you know, people knew me in the community, but I hadn't lived there in like, I don't know, six years or something like that. It's been been a while. I thought about that, like how weird They didn't know us. They didn't know us and they just dropped all their kids off. Like all these kids are (laughs) running in. that's where we're at. And we hung out with them. (laughs) Are you willing to take these squirrels? We'll hand them out with them. Yeah, no, and they showed up in droves. (laughs) And they did, yeah. And it just kind of took off from there. And um, so sort of what we do now, so this was probably, what, five years ago? Oh, actually, I just saw something. The first one we did, it was seven years ago. Nuh-uh. Yeah. Crazy. That okay, so seven yeah. years. Seven. I mean, we've been doing it for um, a while. 
Mountain Mountain Dew will cause you to lose time. That's true. <laughs> I think we're we're just always in a sugar coma. <laughs> yeah. um, no, I we we do all kinds of things. Uh, over the summer, we feed kids all summer long. Uh, we partner with a organization in Knoxville that feeds kids. Um, I don't know, Emily, you talk for a minute. <laughs> we do a lot of things. Right, Jenny. What do we do? Here we go. I have Here not we go. I just love the people. Leave me no, alone. that's okay. Yeah, so we have lots of different programs. And it kind of grew from um, us just doing a couple of events and then really realizing that we had a need for more in our community. And so people were even reaching out to us just like that needed help in the community. They were like, Hey, I need to get connected with some resources. And we were, and then we started partnering with like the well in Knoxville and um, connecting people to resources and kids would need things and we would get them for them. And so like clothes or clothes or, you know, they needed something for football to play football and that kind of thing. And so um, it really started blossoming from there and it was just, it was really at, of need and then we just kind of like put programming around it yeah um so yeah so then it, we started doing more and more events we tried to do one a month um but yeah we did um post game parties and we've done the competition for kids who like games and also for kids who don't like games and then um, <laughs> <laughs> um yeah and then just like rec center nights just to get the kids uh together and then we started doing like some more faith nights just like girls and guys and um, yeah, prom dress drives and just all kinds of things we just tried to do. And then we started to do community events as well. Um, so we have a big trick or treat on the square that's coming up that we do and, um, different fundraisers. So it just started growing and it was just kind of a need. And so we just kept going with the flow, I guess, mm-hmm. <laughs> as God was calling us. But, and, yeah. and so like, and so, so the, the, the output of where you're heading with this thing is you're trying uh, to raise money to build a building, a yeah. youth initiative building in the middle of town. Yeah. 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 And I think the crazy part about it is that when we started this, I was working a full-time finance job. And so... Um, you could launder the money. I, <laughs> <laughs> We've tried. But I won't because I know you will always get caught. <laughs> At least you think I won't. <laughs> I've had enough training to know that there's always a trail somewhere. <laughs> Yeah, so I was working full time in finance, um, in investments and um, different things, and business administration. And I actually ended up quitting my job, um, full time job, so that I could go and do this. And so I got a part time job for a while. I still have a part time job at a church, but um, so that I can focus more on this. But yeah, so now we're we've started up a fundraising campaign to raise two million dollars um, to. Yes. I have to do that every time she says two million. I know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> when we first figured it out, even... I was like, What? Right. <laughs> That's a lot of money. Yeah. <laughs> and and the reason for that is because right now we're doing one event a month and then we do a lot of social media stuff in between. Yeah. But ideally we want to be serving kids on a daily basis. Like um and their parents in our community. Yeah. And in order to do that, we're gonna need a place to do that out of. So we we, you know, we want to do cooking classes and, and art classes and music classes, things that in Pleasantville, so Pleasantville is a town of two thousand, a little yeah. over two thousand. And uh there's nothing to do. Like if you want to do an art class or a music class or anything, unless you're in, like the school has the programs, but outside of that, you have to travel outside of town. You can't do that in town. And if you can't afford it, you just, you're just out of luck. You know what I mean? And so we, and all of the stuff we offer to the kids is free. Yeah. And so we just want to do more. And I think that's, the, the, yeah. the opera, I was just actually talking to a guy about this the other day, like the opportunities for, um, especially kids in smaller towns, but like if the school doesn't offer it, you basically have to assume that your kid is not gifted in it. 
You yeah. know, so like, let's say that your kid wanted to be, I, I don't know, like they love quilt making or something. Yeah. Like there's not like generally a quilt making club mm. at the school, like things that like, that, that God may or may not have designed them to do, or like they could find a passion in. Mm-hmm. If it doesn't already exist in the infrastructure at, 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 at the local school, then like your brain just doesn't even think of it. You know, like your kid will come home, you'd be like, are you going to play volleyball? No. Are you going to play football? No. All right, well, you're going to go out for a choir or a band? No. Well, you're out of luck, I guess. Yeah. You're not going to do anything. I guess you the have only, no talents. The only other option <laughs> for you to sit down on your brain is do nothing. <laughs> like, that's pretty much what we can do for yeah. you. And yeah, so, like, that's exactly right. So yeah. the advantage of, of, of what you guys are saying is, is one, if I'm understanding it correctly, which I hope that I am, <laughs> but like, like a sense of community does come from, like most of all, consistency, mm. right? And so like a consistent thing that can be counted upon. That's how we measure almost... Uh, all our good relationships, right? Like, it doesn't matter how long away from it or how much I needed it, that relationship or that thing that I needed is there. It's consistent and it will always be there. And yeah. frankly, uh, a lot of the things within our youth culture these days, uh, whether it's 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 parents in a, in a certain situation or not, um, like, it's flaky. Yeah. Like, it's just, it, it, like, they, there's just nothing solid um, to fall back on. And so, so like, a, a building and, like, a physical presence, offering things that says, look, you can skip... 15 of our cooking classes on Tuesday, but on the 16th one, we're still going to be here. Yeah. Stop yeah. on by. Yeah. Right? And like, that, yeah. it just adds so much legitimacy to like the message that you're, that you're trying to put out. And so right. yeah. I think that's super awesome. So let, now let me ask you this. How are we doing on the fundraising? Hmm. That's, you can answer that one. Yeah. Yeah. Finance lady, here I am. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So we have raised, I think we've raised right around $130,000 um, yeah. for the building, which for our small community, and that is in a lot of people and a lot of organizations coming together and giving money. And so for a, a town of 2000 people to raise that much money in a year is a lot of money. Yeah. For oh, us. Yeah, to the bone. Yeah. Yes. Yes. And so we can see God blessing it as we're going. Um, and every time like we, <laughs> there's so many and we're starting to write big grants now because we have matching funds, which you have to have. And every time we get a no on a, a large grant that we're written, we almost always get a smaller check in the mail that we weren't expecting. Yeah. Um, about that same time. So it's like we can feel God just like edging us on um, to keep going. But yeah, so that's kind of where we're at. We're continuing to go down the the grant path and, and we're learning as we go and getting lots of um, counseling and people coming <laughs> in and showing us the ropes and coming alongside. But we've had great partners and a lot of people who have been uh, very supportive. I think our, I think our community sees the benefit in it and they're really starting to get behind it now. And we're starting to get our message out more and more and we can see, feel God moving that forward. So, and we really really believe that he's going to bring people who, who see what we're doing and and feel led to give. Um, Because kind of the hard part we find with grants is um, like, I would say two of the grants, the bigger grants that we've applied for recently, one of them, um, they'd say, you fit perfectly. But then we noticed that everybody who got the grant was not Christ- or faith-based at all. Yeah. Um, so there's always just like one thing that disqualifies us, one small thing. And th- so that can get really, really, really frustrating. But like Emily said, you know, one day we get denied for this big, huge grant, and the next day we get a $10,000 check in the mail. Yeah. And God is just good. And when I feel like... Maybe we should scale down. Maybe we shouldn't, you know. And then it's like the Lord's like, yeah, no. <laughs> I don't want to scale down. Yeah. It's kind of funny because like, like in some of those situations, the one thing that you would change that would put you in perfect seating get, to get the grant is the one thing you cannot change. <laughs> yeah. Right? yeah. It's the one thing that says, look, I, I, 
I can't do this because the whole the whole this is the whole goal, yeah. right? This is the whole output. This is yeah. the whole thing. Like if I thought if I thought merely loving people was enough, that's what we'd be doing. But that's not what it is. Mm-hmm. Merely loving people isn't enough. That's how we got the Tower of Babel. Yeah, they right. totally loved each other. There's no yeah. there's no nothing in that story that says everybody was fighting. Yeah, everybody right. was getting along, building a sweet building, and God goes, they're going to do this without me, and it's going to be bad for them, mm-hmm. right? Absolutely. So like, and so the one thing you can't move, right? Yeah. It's yeah. the one thing that blocks and God goes, yeah, I totally get it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. I totally yeah. get it. Yeah. And there has been moments where, I mean, people have come forward and we would have had to fold on on that and we said no because I'm just, that is that is the constant and that's the reason why we're doing it. Yeah, right. Because mm-hmm. he called us yeah. to do it so I'm not taking him out yeah. of there because <laughs> it will never sustain itself. And, so, and, and speaking of sustainability, like part of the reason that it's a $2 million building is because sustainability is built into it. So the top level will have like a co-working space that people can rent the space and work there um, and then um, there will also be office space that's rentable and then the bottom level same thing. So the middle level, the main level is where we will be doing most of our work, but that will be funded by the top and the bottom level. Like it's a little sandwich. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And so so that's kind of why it's so, the price is so high because we're kind of building in, yes, it's $2 million building, but it's going to make sure and ensure that first of all, it'll help Pleasantville's economy in the first place, getting people in and working. But yeah. yeah, Anyways. Yeah. Yeah, We had to build in that piece there. And I, and honestly, like, um, I think we kind of have an entrepreneurial spirit and I think putting in a co-working space in a rural community, we wanted to make sure that those entrepreneurs have the same opportunity and have space for community as well. So it's, yeah. it's really just opening and it And remote up. work isn't going anywhere. So no. right, right. No. Especially if we keep making up COVID variants. Right. <laughs> right. What that, are we on now? <laughs> That's uh, live from the path complaint line. Ben? Yeah, it's a 515-517-0085. Call or text. Are we making up COVID variants? Let us know. Uh, okay, so real quick, if people are interested in what you're doing, want to connect with you any further, or uh, mm-hmm. flat out, they have, I mean, large sums of money that they just want to unload. Yeah, what's we're the your best guy. Way, what's the best way for them to do that? Uh, PVILLYI. Dot org. So PleasantvilleYouthInitiative.org, both of those will get you there. I keep saying .com, but it's not. It's it's dot, not. Am I saying that right? .org, it's right? Dot .org. <laughs> yeah. Yes. I'm, I made the website, and I can't even remember. <laughs> so PVillyi.org, is it a uh, – are you, are you a nonprofit? Yes. We are okay. a 501c3 nonprofit. Yeah. Yes, we mm-hmm. are. Yeah. So maybe you've laundered money, and you're looking for a place to put it. <laughs> yeah. We're How your does, guy. We'll take your dirty yeah. money. Yeah, yeah. How we'll do, do you feel about this? We don't it. care if you get caught. As yeah, long as no. we're getting the clean stuff. Do the right thing. <laughs> do the right thing. Yeah. Give to the children. Yeah, I'm telling you this. If you're accepting money from the casino grant programs, and this is the same problem, <laughs> just open up the wallet. <laughs> yeah, what? it didn't stop you from taking 15 TVs from the, <laughs> from the casino that you took out of Ethel's pocket. <laughs> That's right. That's right. You're, that's right. Your your nonprofit program is funded by old lady money. <laughs> Probably old lady rent money. Yeah. You should be ashamed of yourself. <laughs> uh, okay. So along that same vein, I, I like I was I was thinking about um uh it's my favorite topic to talk about youth things. And so um I was gonna ask you guys what you thought um that are there are there things that kids are facing these days that flat out their parents are just having a hard time seeing correctly. Do you think, mm. can you think of some things that like kids are going through, kids are, are, are experiencing and like their parents are trying, but they, they just might not be getting the whole gist of what they're walking through. Wow. 
There's a lot of, I think there's a lot of things. Um, as you know, I have two teenagers now too, and doing youth ministry for so long. I think when you parent teenagers, all of a sudden you're like, oh my gosh, like there's something about, um, well, social media, obviously, because we didn't have it. Um, you know, that's a huge thing, but also their just their whole identity, their, their identity as a human being, as far as, you know, for some of them, and I know this is a huge can of worms that we don't have to go into, but their sexual identity, like even like their gender, all of that. And parents don't know what to do with that. And I, I get that. Like the whole world doesn't know what to do with that. Right. I mean, that's a complex, it's a complex thing that I think. I think it for sure is. Well, I mean, here's the thing is like, this is, this is where to some of what Ben was talking about earlier, but like sometimes we've seeded some things that maybe we shouldn't have, that felt like we were doing it out of love and it really wasn't right. Like I always used to, I, my favorite example that Grace hates is like, uh, I'll say like one day Grace comes home from school and says, dad, I'm going to eat rusty nails for every meal. And like my options are is to agree with the choices that she's made and say, I love you. I can support you in anything you're doing. Right. But then she's eating rusty nails for every meal. Right. And so like the opposite thing is says, look, I love you enough to say, this is going to, this is going to destroy you. Right. And like, if that is not the story of God talking to his people throughout the entire Bible, Mm -hmm. that's what this is. And so like, now granted, like there's a lot of, there's a lot of feelings in there. Right, and there, there's a lot of things that that we we feel like um, people are going to take poorly because it's attacking who they are. The, but the thing is, is like as God's people, we totally know better than that. We yeah. know who they are. God already said who they are. Yeah. Right, and it's them that's missing it. And so sometimes, like we are seeding ground because we're scared and we yeah. don't want to hurt feelings. And like it, I mean, if you have a teenager in the house, you know what this is like. You cannot fight every battle. No, you're just yeah. going to lose some. Right. Mm-hmm. But you're not going to lose them all, and you need to pick the ones that you're not going to yeah. that you're not going to lose. And like, even yeah. if, even if they disagree with you and they want to hate you for the things that you're saying, you can still say true things in love and never move because it's just like the building, right? Like it can go years, it can go months, it can go diff- through different situations and different boyfriends and girlfriends and schools and whatever, and then one day they're going to remember the consistent thing mm-hmm. that never changed and didn't fail them. And maybe they didn't agree with it at the time, but they knew they were loved there, yeah. right? That's the difference. <laughs> yeah. And I think for me, like one of the best things I ever lear- learned when my parents or my parents, when my kids, I wasn't around when my parents were teenagers, um, my, when my kids were becoming teenagers, um, one of the most helpful things I learned was about their physical development as far as like how fast they're growing. So like, for example... When I was pregnant with Silas, he's my first, I was getting constant magazines, constant things sent to me that I wasn't even asking for. But like, oh, you're having a baby? Here's all the information in the world about what happens when they're six months old and one day. Like, it was like development, development, development. And then they hit a certain age and there's nothing. Like, there's no, you don't learn anything except for like puberty stuff, but beyond that. And so I was like searching for to help me understand my kids a little bit better. And I came across this article, I think it was in Psychology. Uh, psychology today or something like that. And it was just about their, their physical growth and that um, middle schoolers grow as much as toddlers do in the years between like, like um, 12 to 14 or something like that. Like they're growing as fast as a toddler. So if you think about a middle schooler and a toddler, what does a toddler do? They throw a tantrum and you're like, you're not like, you're a terrible kid. You're like, oh, you need a nap. 
or you need a snack, right? Mm-hmm. And middle schoolers are the same way. They're throwing a tantrum. They're they're misbehaving. They're doing this. Most likely they need a nap or they need or a, a snack. snack. <laughs> and And so I think there's a lot of things. Like, so when you ask me that question, like all these things pop in my head um, because there are so many things that kids are struggling with. But honestly, I think if we just can understand their physical development a little bit more. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? Like, it's just... No, it... Uh, yeah. Yeah, I yeah, don't know. Yeah. It kind of presumes, like, that at that age, that because they start, uh, you know, sometimes the kids are as tall as you, at like 14 or 15. Yeah. You're like, this is this isn't yeah. a girl, the adult human. Yeah. But, like, uh, but treating them as if they have all their faculties in order, right. all their emotions under control, that they're taking care of themselves well, that basically that they are positioned to be at their best when they're arguing with you, when they're making decisions that you don't want them to make, when they're reacting to the world in the way they are, and when they're dealing with things that, that frankly, you conceptually don't have a real – you're not super in touch with. Like, it's unfair to even to see that to them as if, like, it's a personal affront to you and a failure in your parenting because they're behaving this way. Right. It, it, it's not. Your parenting – this is actually the ripe opportunity for you to continue parenting and go, I'm not going to take this personally. And mm-hmm. they're they're balancing all kinds of things, uh, and and they're they're frankly they're not firing on all the cylinders. They think they are, uh, but there's all kinds of right. pressures and co- coming at them. And so, how do I continue to parent them through the difficulty as opposed to being angry with them? Fr- now frustrated, I get, but like th- that those difficulties are there because sometimes even as parents, you start to take that personally. Like yeah. it's not just hey you're you you kind of suck as a person right now. It's like. Well, shoot! I suck as a parent. I've raised I, a sucky person. I created yeah. this suck fest <laughs> yeah. over here, right? And so there's almost there's always uh, I don't, kids. If you're listening, just know that there's just there's a little bit of like your parents' reaction that is like some level of anger or ashamed about themselves, as if they yeah, failed for you sure. that you're behaving this way. Yeah, and when I say middle schoolers are like toddlers, I'm not saying they're the same thing. Same. So if there are any middle schoolers listening to this, yeah. you are very different. But you That's are fair. growing as fast yeah. as, and that that growth is huge. And so, yeah, so. Like my son Silas at the time, he was like doing a lot of, um, he was acting really impulsively, you know, that sort of thing. And when I learned about, oh, maybe he's hungry, (laughs) you know, like I know that sounds silly, but. Or he's into money laundering. Yeah, money laundering or hungry. (laughs) Turns out it was both. (laughs) Um, Turns out he's very shifty. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah. failed as a parent. (laughs) Shifty mix Silas. (laughs) Hey, nobody who's money laundering goes hungry. Not true. That's true. It can only be money laundering. <laughs> I I remember at, uh, we were at a middle school camp and we had this one kid who was just everybody's problem child. Everybody's warning us about this kid. Like this kid's gonna be trouble for you. Um, we had him, and when he started to be trouble, we're like, "Are you hungry?" Oh yeah, and we'd feed him something, and he, you know what? I, and then he's like behaving. I know that you guys like, are like the Willy Wonka yeah. factory over here. <laughs> Dunk in the chocolate here's river. Here's something to eat, or here's here, you need, to, or just go be by yourself for five minutes. And I think, par- as parents and as youth leaders too, we don't look at them yeah. like that. You know, we look at them like you should have act your age, and yeah. they're like, I, I am. Yeah, I think the so angsty teenagers are my favorite, and I think it's because <laughs> I used to be one. And so um, I think even like I was telling Jenny on the way here, um, I think a lot of times they'll say things to us to try and get that shock and awe because they need, and most of the time they're doing it because they want attention or they want somebody to listen to them. And so I kind of had that in group time where I had some angsty teenagers <laughs> telling me things. And then I kind of told them a funny story about myself and in, in high school and like, Hey, like, 
don't do this because you might burn your boyfriend's house down. And so like, <laughs> <laughs> just a then, cautionary tale from the youth. <laughs> you know, and I think sometimes if we, I think grace goes a long way. And I think, um, really not having that shock and awe because we want to, cause I'm, I have a 10 year old at home and sometimes he does things that I know that he knows better, but really taking a time to taking a moment, if you can muster it, if you're not, if they haven't got you to that point, but to really, uh, react in a kind way to take a moment to breathe, um, and then really listen to what they're saying because most of the time what they're saying isn't what they're dealing with. It's something else. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so really taking time to listen. And and sometimes it might be like if we don't know, I mean, I don't know about a lot of the things that they're dealing with. And we went to um, a seminar the other day and they talked about really listening and um, just sometimes we can't give them advice. We can just say, I'm just so glad that you shared that with me and For that sure. you were brave enough to talk about it. Like, I don't know what you're going through. And I think sometimes – they just need somebody to listen to them and they just need somebody to, to know that they're, that you're there for them. And I think a lot of times, um, they'll come in and they'll announce things and it's really hard, but we have to not react in a way that's like, yeah. Oh, I don't think so. Not today. Sometimes <laughs> we just need an app. Yeah. <laughs> I totally yeah. find and this so... way easier to do with other people's kids than my own. Yeah. Yes. Right? Like yes. I, I, it's in general, like I've the best, attitude i've had especially with with teenage kids especially if they're not mine is like if you can pull back the fact they hate being referred to as kids yeah they do you gotta not do that and like and you you really have to concentrate on not talking down to them yeah just need to talk level with them yes i had this what this is great this is my favorite story this kid comes to youth group he's new to youth group and he shows up and he's a he's a he's a ruckus little man and so whatever we have free soda so he, he takes seven of them, right, on the way out the door. Yeah. And so I stop him on the way out the door, and I go, hey, man, I see you have seven sodas in your backpack. I just want to give you a, a forewarning that, like, I legit have to pay for these sodas. So I just need to know that that's what's going to happen, you know? And he goes, yeah, okay. I said, just to follow up, if you ask me for seven sodas, I can give you seven sodas. <laughs> If you steal them from me, then we're having a different conversation. Yeah, yeah. You understand? And he goes, no, I'm stealing them. I go, okay, well, at least we're level. So we'll see you next week. And you know what I would have did? I would have threw four more in his backpack. <laughs> That's how you deal with that. You're stealing those seven, I'm giving you four. Here's four more. So, but, and here's, and he, like, here's the other half of that coin is, is like, especially kids that if they're missing a certain amount of support, structure at their house um whether it be uh, on purpose or not um some of them actually just need you to call them to something better yeah yeah actually to expect something out of them right and so like some of the way that like like my kids would feel love or or like my kids know that i love them is because i expect a a certain thing from them if i didn't care for them i'd let them do whatever they want which is right. why I didn't let him steal seven sodas yeah, from me. Right. I totally let him keep the soda. <laughs> right. Right. But like I needed him to know that like I need more out of you than this because yeah. because you can do better than this, yeah. right? And like that kid keeps showing up now and he stops stealing sodas from me. Yeah. yeah. I mean he's still a, he's a pain. But he's a good he's a good kid. <laughs> you know, and so like some of some but of he keeps the things back uh, where the like the, the response to like some of the, the higher rates of anxiety and depression yeah. that I think we see within kids. Um, one I think is heavily driven by social media. Oh, for sure. And like, and and even people who don't love Jesus will tell you the exact same thing. Yeah. Ask their teacher. You know, a- ask them where they think a lot of this is coming from. Definitely. And so, like, and some of that is like they're surrounding themselves in a community. If you spend most of your time looking at a screen all day, 
Um, no one's really asking anything of you. They don't expect anything mm-hmm. out of you. You just get to be a big blob of a consumer. Yes. And so like when someone then turns around and then asks something of you, you rebel against that immediately. You're like, how dare you? I'm I'm loved in this community. You're falsely loved. Like it's not actually yeah. love, you know. But like, like they feel it that way because they spend a lot of their time there. And yeah. so, uh, you know, when when it it lacks and parents start to get disconnected with it, and they're like, I don't. We don't watch the same thing on social media, so I just let them do whatever they want. Mm-hmm. Eh. Yeah. You, you might want to reconsider that to a certain extent, or you need to get on social media and find a way if you're going to allow your kids to be in it. Which I'm not speaking to that one positive or negative. I'm just saying if you're going to allow your kids to be in it. I think you should join them in it. Yeah. I think you should yeah. find funny TikToks and watch it with them. That's yeah. what yes. I think you should do. Yes. Yes. Uh, and if you're going to stay out of it completely, I wouldn't leave them to, to their own devices. It's like kicking a nine-year-old out into a movie theater where half of them are R-rated and half of them are PG. Which one do you think they're going to end up in? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Right? And so, like, you're, you're not giving them freedom. You're giving them chains. You're just letting them think that they can pick the chains. Right. right? They get yeah. to choose their own pharaoh is the option yeah. that you've given them. It's just dangerous for them, it right? It is dangerous. And right. it's not looking at them any less. I don't belong in that situation either. Mm-hmm. I don't yeah. do free internet at my house, right? Like we right. go, these are the boundaries of which the internet may be used and the way that we're going to use social media and the way that my wife can see my phone anytime she wants to. Mm-hmm. Right? These are protections for me. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And so you should you should... Think about it the same way with your kids, right? Because all the social media and all that stuff, it does lead to an anxiety and a questioning who who you are. And like, frankly, it's, as parents, we we bail, like yeah. we because yeah. we're like, ah, we don't, I don't want to offend. I don't really know what they're talking about. They're using words I don't understand. They said D's nuts six times a day, and <laughs> I don't know how many times to allow this before it's like, I mean, it's still kind of funny, <laughs> you know. Yeah, I know. I know. <laughs> And, you know, and so, like, yeah, the the thing that I that I I love most about youth ministry and the thing that I struggle the most about is like uh, it it reveals my own frailty as a parent. Right. Because like and it's just as you said, right, like when your parents have the wherewithal, especially if you if you come from a a Jesus loving home. Right. When your parents have the wherewithal to know that, like, if you want Christ to be validated, you're going to have to show them other people that actually are living this thing, too. That it's not just your thing, like the shoes by the door or, you know, or how often the kitty litter gets changed out. Because if your religion looks like that, your kids will look at it that way, you know, instead of just being a set of rules at your place. Then it looks like, oh, yeah, uh, they go to youth initiative stuff. And like Emily totally said the exact same thing you did. This is is validating to me that other adults believe the same thing. And so um, I thought that was a really good point, actually. It really it does. It's a good point for like having. Uh, you know, having your kids go to a youth ministry outside of your own community or outside of mm-hmm. your own church. It's why going to like um, big uh, Christian concerts every once in a while is is good for them. Not yeah. just because the music's good. So most Christian music is rough. It's not yeah. great, <laughs> yeah. right? Yeah. But to get in a room of 5,000 people who love Jesus, right. you're going to feel that. Yeah, because you right? realize you're not the only one. That's and so correct. and And no teenager wants to be the only one because if they are isolated, then they're a target. That's correct. That's why they pack, you know, mm-hmm. and that's why they struggle, and and that's why they're so mean to each other because they're always constantly trying to protect their place in whatever pack or whatever group they get into, whether that be, you know, like when we were in high school, it was the emos and the, you know, the band kids, like all these jocks, all these different things, and they don't want to be kicked out of one of those. And so when you get them in a Christian group. And they realize, oh, these are my people, and I'm safe here. 
Yeah. And, I think and they're not going to kick me out. Well, they shouldn't. <laughs> yeah. And I mean, that was my story. That literally was when I was in high school. I wasn't, I came to Christianity when I was a junior or sophomore and junior. And, um, I think it was because I kind of hung out with everybody at school. I wasn't really into one particular thing. I didn't really have like one best friend I hung out with. And then I started going to youth group and I finally felt like I belonged somewhere. I felt, <laughs> yes, I felt like found my people. And I think for me, even as an angsty teenager, when we were talking earlier, um, I think a lot of times I would do something because I just felt like my parents didn't care. And because they weren't disciplining me, and I hope they don't listen to this like I'm mad at me, but like, <laughs> my mom's going to be like, what do you mean? And that's I why, I, that's why I, I burned down the boyfriend's house. <laughs> yeah, and then I burned down my boyfriend's house. Pay attention but, to me, mom. <laughs> but I think, like, I think a lot of times I wanted attention, and I was a good kid. I really was. From the outside looking in, I was a really good kid. But I would do things, and I would push boundaries because I wanted to see if they cared. And, mm-hmm. and so a lot yeah. of times, like, I wanted my mom to tell me to stop, but she didn't because yeah. she didn't want to and so uh, I think with our own kids like we need to I just I can keep that in my mind of like and even with the youth kids of I know sometimes they're pushing boundaries because they want to see if I care enough to discipline and so when they when they do come into our youth initiative events um, we do have we kind of go over rules at the beginning and and we make sure that kids are being kind and and we go around and so they know in that in that environment that they're safe and that they that those rules apply. So on the one hand for the kids who did grow up in a Christian home, Oh, these are the same rules and these are Mm -hmm. the same people. So you get that. But then also for the kids who don't have that at home, they're like, wow, this is way different than at my house. (laughs) And I feel welcome and I feel safe and all of those things. And then that can help draw you to Jesus. Cause that's what happened to me. But yeah. 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 And it's, it's a great example actually, because like, we just get so messed up on the thought process of freedom, right? Like, mm-hmm. yeah. freedom doesn't mean throwing all the doors off your car and then rolling down the highway and you're like, yes, this feels like ultimate freedom. Right. This feels like I'm about to die. This yeah. is what yeah. it feels like, right? Yep. And, like, if, you're, if you're, your child is asking for that level of freedom, you have zero, zero reason to give it to them. Right. Zero. Because you wouldn't take that level. That's not actual freedom. No. Yeah. It's danger. Yeah. yeah. You know, yeah. and so, like, and, we're, and, and what we're inviting them to is 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 what Jesus calls freedom and like he totally you know defines this as being free of all the things all the broken that's what he takes mm-hmm. right he says you give me the broken i'll put things back together when you break it again you come back that's freedom mm-hmm. that says that says you can keep going and and like you, you you follow me and i will show you how to live not broken and when even when you screw it up i'm going to i'm going to put it right back to where i intended it to be mm-hmm. that is what freedom looks like cuz it lets you take risks and it lets you yeah. hang out with the crazy Holy Spirit at Friday in the in the Cougar. And you're like, where did this come from? Where are we going? Why are we moving to China? Why am I selling all my stuff? Why are we adopting kids when I'm 55? Why am I giving all my money away? Mm-hmm. Right? And then the Holy Spirit goes, you guys should jump in. We got some stuff. Yeah. You know, like, yeah. that's that's freedom. And that's what we're inviting kids to, right? Mm-hmm. And, and, like, we just feel like we're... We're so worried about stepping on their individuality and, like, their freedom to, to be who they want to be. Mm-hmm. But, like... I can't trust who I wanted to be at 15. I was an no. idiot. Yeah. yeah. I made all kinds of terrible decisions. <laughs> yeah. I made yeah. all kinds of terrible decisions yesterday. Yeah. <laughs> right. You know, I was thinking of that recently, like uh, just a, an interaction between a couple of my children and uh, and my wife and then I to a certain extent. And I thought, what is it coming out of these kids' mouths? And then I thought, I, can't, I, I just, I would be so ashamed of myself. I'm sure of it. If I went to look back at like the things I said 
and the types of but the attitude I had about it and to the types of people that I talked to in some sort of like arrogant way. Like I just can't imagine that I wouldn't be so ashamed to look back at myself on how I used to behave. Yeah. And oh, yeah. it didn't seem outrageous at the time. Mm-hmm. And it was probably the best I had to offer. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but like I just what I lacked it's on all cylinders that <laughs> yeah. day. I, like, it's still terrible. And it thank goodness good. we didn't have social media. <laughs> yeah. Right. Put it out right. there for everyone to see. And <laughs> it would show up every like here's your ten years ago memory. Like I'm I think God, every day that I didn't have social media when I was in middle school. I know, I know, and it's like, and and not to say like I I, I get it. It's it's um, I think we all can look back. This is more towards the parents looking at your children, not the children looking back. Right. It's like just just recognize that like your kids working on it, man. Like this is the this may be the best they have to offer. You're like um, you're you're twenty years, you're thirty years ahead of them. All right, Mm -hmm. and so like. I, I think we have a tendency to want to go like here's here's my life lessons here's 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 what I just came to awesome about a year ago and I think it's really awesome why aren't you behaving this way and like it's a it just takes time yeah. Yeah. for people to own those types of things to get yeah. comfortable in those types of things especially and this is probably more for like Christian parents but like you know like you you start to feel uh, as you walk closer with Jesus you feel it and like sometimes you want to jump the steps. Mm-hmm. Like yeah. it, like just as as people get to know what the faith is, they 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 learn to feel and listen to the Holy Spirit in their lives. And like sometimes we just want to transplant them into like look like what the Holy Spirit we believe the Holy Spirit would have them do. And that's actually where we create like very shallow mm-hmm. ca- casual faith. Yeah. Um, and so like if, if God was okay with the sanctification process, like you got to be patient and help them through it, not try to jump over it. Yeah. 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 yeah, like it's funny because a lot of people will say, like, I just want to give my kids better than I got. And like the output of what how you think that system works is what? We end up with like some kind of superhuman five generations in. That doesn't it doesn't even work. You know it doesn't work like that. You're <laughs> fooling yourself. Yeah. Right? Like there there is a certain thing about saying, I don't want my kids to struggle all the things that I struggled with and blah blah blah, and I'm gonna change this. Everybody's got a thing about their parents that they're like, I'm never gonna do that, you know? And then like you're just you're just not going to nail it. <laughs> yeah. You're just not, you know, and you got to be okay with the fact that you're going to screw it up. And like, I've had this conversation with my kids before. I say, look, I got to be honest, especially the oldest one. I'm like, I've never raised a blank year old kid before. Yeah. This mm-hmm. is my first time. And so like, I'm going to make some mistakes that I can't take back and you're going to disagree with. And I'm just going to ask you to give me some grace. And then when you're 25, let's talk about it and yeah. see how, where I was way off. And you can do something different with your kids. I think that's fine. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But like, yeah, I learn think, from my mistakes. Right. Mm-hmm. And I think you're, t- I think if actually, if you're, if you're being honest with yourself, I would just totally have that conversation with your kids, mm-hmm. especially as they get older. Say, look, I mean, I'm doing the best I can here with yeah. the facts that I got and what I think is best for you. And you know that. Yeah. So I, this is, I'm sticking with my decision. I'm sticking with the thing that I said. But you know where it's coming from. So I'm just going to ask you to try to abide with it and yeah. see what you think. And you take know? comfort in the fact that God loves your kid more than you do and that just like he has been at work in your life, he is at work in their life. And it might not have anything to do with you at the moment. Yeah. He might be doing something through their struggle and through their pain and, and you have no idea. So we have to just, first of all, so we just, we just had a, a kindergarten teacher that we interviewed. Um, uh, Carol Byer lives in our town. She taught for years and years and years. And she was talking about how kids would bring their kindergartners to school and they'd been trying to teach them to read. And I was one of those parents who was like, I got to teach them this way. I got to, te- they got to know how to do this before they go to school. And so we asked her, we're like, well, you know, what can we do to prepare our kids? And she said, just read to them. And she's been teaching for years. She's like, don't teach them how to read. Just read to them. I will teach them how to read. You just, you know, and I think about that with my teenagers. I'm like, 
if I spend time with them and I, they see me love Jesus and, they, and, I, and I show them love, then I'm teaching them way more than I realize I'm teaching them, if that makes sense. I don't have to be like, this is right and this is wrong. And you have, you know, I don't have to constantly be nitpick, nitpicking. Obviously, there's a little bit of that, but it's, I guess it's, it's, it's much simpler than we think it is. Yeah, it's like we just need to get them to Jesus's feet. Yeah, we get him to Jesus's feet, and he does, and God yeah. does the rest. And so I think a lot of times we feel like we have to have like this. I don't know. Like we're obviously going to have these conversations with our kids about you know what the truth is and what the Bible says and what we believe and all of these things. But I think sometimes we we can put it out there, and then we the best thing that we can do is let them be an angry teenager, and we just pray a lot. Yeah, <laughs> and, and that is going to do a whole sure lot too. more than you even realize. Yeah. And you know how much you know how much more freedom you have. Like especially these people that are trying to tell people about Jesus. This goes for adults and kids, right? Stop assuming you're the first guy to walk in the door and tell somebody about Jesus. Yeah. If everybody you meet, if you just assume that God's already working in their life, yeah. then you're just coming alongside. <laughs> yeah. Right? Like, but yeah. if you feel like you have to do this major lift, if you feel yeah. like they're already in a deficit and you're having to like reintroduce God in this whole picture, you're gonna you're gonna screw this up. Yep. Yeah. Just assume that God loves them more than you is already doing work in their life yep. and you're just being called to step in right aside. Yeah. And like it takes all the worry and all the hassle out of it and then you get to do whatever God is asking you to do. Mm-hmm. Right? right. Without carrying this big huge load. And like it's hardest for parents, right? Because you do feel that. Especially yeah. if you're raising kids to love Jesus. You're like, I'm failing at this. They're yeah. never going to love Jesus. I totally <laughs> screwed this up. Why am I such a pagan? You know? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Just heard... go cry in the closet and it'll be over very That's right. Very you soon. cry where everyone else cries. <laughs> and then you turn that frown upside down and get back out there. Okay, you're listening to Live from the Path on LiveFromThePath.org. We're talking about youth stuff and the Pleasantville Youth Initiative. And we're talking to uh, Jenny Koenig and Emily Calkins. And you guys actually do your own podcast, we correct? We do, yeah. yeah. And it's called... Oh, there it is. <laughs> Wait, but hold on a second. No, reel that back in. Was that... Ope? Ope. There it is. There okay. it is. <laughs> like hope with the H gone. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Got it. You know how like uh, Midwest people are always like, Ope. Ope. Sorry. Yep. Excuse yeah, me. Yeah, totally. Okay. Uh, got yeah. it. So it... <laughs> it's Ope. There so it is. So the whole point behind it. We only have... co- Sorry. What's the punctuation after the <laughs> is there Ope? ellipses? There's a. Oh, hold on. Let me get Kind of like Ope. the song. Pause. Well, there, there it is. <laughs> okay. Got it. It's comma. So, we, uh, so, <laughs> so the whole point behind it is. You know, Pleasantville Youth Initiative, we believe every person is a gem, okay? So we, and by that, we mean that God has designed something unique and beautiful in each of us that matters, that is beautiful, and is often covered up with gunk and culture and um, pain and all that jazz. And so um, our goal behind that podcast is that we interview small town people, and then we, as we listen to them, we sort of dig out what that gem is that we see and then we tell them what it is. So like at the end of the podcast, we're like, here's what we see in you, you know, that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and in the process yeah. we get to learn all about, and we've we only have three episodes and we don't always I was interview. Say, has it ever gone terrible where someone's like, no, that's not accurate at all. <laughs> not <laughs> yet. Saw wrong things. Not yet. <laughs> like kitty litter. <laughs> not, yet. <laughs> not yet. It's sure to. Um, yeah. That is my favorite part of the podcast though. I mean, the couple episodes that we've done, I think, we just in our culture are so used to telling 
pointing out what's wrong in everyone else and to do something where we're actually pointing out what's right and what I see in you that's valuable. And I just don't think we do that very often. I know myself, like if anyone gives me a compliment, I instantly just start bawling and I'm like, why is this? <laughs> this is a problem. Yeah. Creeper. <laughs> this person Please is trying, don't say nice things to me. They're trying to launder money. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. This is making me uncomfortable. Yeah. <laughs> Shady McSilence is after it again. <laughs> My hair looks dumb. What do you know? <laughs> Move along. Whatever. Um, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. So, in the podcast, we just we talk about whatever's on our mind. Um, recently, it was Halloween costumes and candy. And we, we talked about Lord of the Rings a lot. <laughs> we did talk about Lord of the Rings. So. <laughs> I totally saw a guy at work that embodies the movie Lord of the Rings. I don't know exactly how, but I called him Lord of the Rings. He's got to be seven foot, has a Gandalf beard, but looks nothing like Gandalf. He's like 25. And like, he's, I, I got a picture of him, but then you'll think I'm making funny of him. But he totally, if you were to imagine Lord of the Rings as a man. A person. Everything... <laughs> It's, this, up is, into one. this is the dude. <laughs> it's, it's the guy. Kind of looks like Gandalf. Kind of looks like a troll. Kind of looks like a hobbit. <laughs> yes. Like, you look like a mystical creature. <laughs> he did. Does he have long or short hair? No, long hair. How prominent is his nose? I'd say prominent. How thick are his eyebrows? Very thick, in fact. Oh. Would you call him athletically built? No. No, I would call him like a tall troll. Like a, tall a, tall, a tall dwarf. A tall. Full package. Yeah, he's like a Lord of the Rings jigsaw puzzle put together <laughs> in like an incorrect order. Like yeah. the body of Christ. Yes. Did he have kind a... of, maybe not. Were there hairy feet? I didn't see, he didn't get his feet out. <laughs> but he felt like the guy that would be grading like English papers and go, you shall not pass. <laughs> hey, man, that's that's uh, the Life from the Path complaint line, 515 515- Five, if you also have bad jokes, 517-0085, call or text. By the way, the uh, complaint line submits that the next uh, uh, coronavirus variant will be called Omnimic. <laughs> yeah. See, they already kicked off the bad joke thing. Okay. All right, you want to do so? We got you. Guys, want to talk about anything else, or we're gonna do some advice and get on out of here? Well, okay. Well, you can sign up. You can go check out this podcast. I presume wherever podcasts are harvested. Yes, yes. Okay. Or oh, is podcast dot com. Oh, again, also. again with the punctuation. There's no, <laughs> there's no ellipses. Ope, no. It's just ope. There it is. There's no punctuation. Ope, there it is. Oh, there it is. You gotta so say you straight Googled on. it. Do you have to put like three spaces in it, or do you just? It's just ope. Space, oh, okay. There it is. Okay, okay. So, okay, I see what you're saying. <laughs> so it's ope, comma. Okay. There it is. Exclamation there point. A, I knew okay. there was a comma. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm yeah. not 100% you didn't know that. <laughs> Just based on the last two minutes of conversation. <laughs> we only have three episodes. Hey, it change. She works with words. I do numbers. I don't know what's going on. I love people. <laughs> Move I along. love people and I do math. That's right. There's no numerals in this podcast name. It doesn't even apply to me. <laughs> I just sit there and agree with everything Jenny said. <laughs> That's uh, 18. That That's all I have to say about that. <laughs> yeah, so hey, go check that out. Go uh, the Ope There It Is podcast. Uh, you're going to Google that. Now, here's the thing. Just be mindful that it might bring up TikToks. Uh, and yeah. if, if you don't want to get drawn in for 45 minutes and, and have no idea where the time went, don't click on the TikToks. Go to the podcast first. The podcast, yes. Okay, sign up for that. Yes, do that. Oh, okay. Here we go. Ready? I'm, uh, I'm, hold on. Okay, I'm ready. Here. Dear Life from the Path, I have two sons, 18 and 20. 
Since they were young, whenever we invited one of their friends to join us for an activity, dinner, etc., I have treated that friend. Over the past few years, we have included one friend in more activities as well as on numerous family vacations. The problem is, the more we have treated this friend, the more he has expected. For example, during our last week-long vacation, he expected us to pay not only for every meal, but also for every incidental. When he was once asked for, for $10 by a vendor, he immediately complained. It's for a short safety class so we could get jet ski as our guest. Before he was 18, his parents sent money to help cover expenses, but now I cover it all. This would be a lot easier to accept if he even once said thank you or seemed appreciative. Aside from this, he's pleasant, respectful 19-year-old who has been my son's friend for almost 10 years. Should I say something to him? Should I ask if he enjoys our trips and activities, <laughs> if he can cover some of his own expenses? Is it easily financially feasible? I don't want to risk my son's friendship, but I feel the situation has gotten out of hand. Okay, I'm, here's what I'd ask you. Uh, two, two things. I, I don't, don't, uh, you're worrying too much about your own generosity. But, but secondly, would you tell him if he had a booger on his cheek? <laughs> yes. Because if you would, and you feel like you're close to this man, then you may mention it. Because I, I, every indication is like he just doesn't, if his parents were paying for it before, he's just not thinking about it. That like something about his life has transitioned where the expectation from him has changed. And like, Again, it's not, I mean, it's not boundaries in the way that we were talking about earlier, but like, if I, how can I expect people to behave differently and, and not help them behave differently? And like, especially when there's some, there's all kinds of things I'm blind to. You know how many times I went to work, I, when I was, we used to go into the office, like no joke, within 18 months time, I went to work three times with my shirt backwards, <laughs> flat out backwards. And there was a, a, a lady there. Who just just made it a thing in the morning? She would come by and go, "Okay, it's all right today." <laughs> and then then every once in a while she goes, "Your tag's sticking out the front of your." Because I would get up at like six in the morning, and uh, I don't use mirrors or anything. I get dressed. I was getting dressed in the dark, and then I just I had no idea. And like either you can go look at that jack wagon who keeps wearing a shirt backwards all the time, or you go, "Hey." Did you know that your shirt is backwards? And so, like, I get with money, things get sensitive. But given your relationship with the kid, he's been in your family vacations and stuff. Just like, I mean, I'd, I'd tell him, I'd say it. Just like it, uh, it, it, it feels weird, man. I think that's fine. Yeah. I no. <laughs> I mean, you, yeah, gonna sure. Keep, you're just gonna keep paying it. No, here's the thing. It's like if you. Uh, if you actually love him like a son, then yes, I think you should definitely. Tell yeah. Him. Mm-hmm. But like, you invited the kid, right? Yeah. Like. It's not like I invite any of my daughter's friends. It's like, hey, we're going to Burger King. You better go get 10 bucks from your dad. Otherwise, you ain't coming. Right? I oh, totally. Him. You're coming, yeah, yeah, yeah. right? I'm, I'm paying for it. Yeah. And, like, I mean, I suppose if he's being – I think it's the little things that seem to be irritating her, right? Like, like he was asked for $10 for ski lessons. Well, you flew him out there because the whole family was going skiing. Yeah. He was going to have to have skiing lessons. Like, this is not – this wasn't a surprise. Yeah, that part seems weird. Like, if he went to the gas... Like, everybody uh, stopped at the... He wanted a snack on the way there, and he, he had to pay for the Snickers bar. That actually feels a little different to me than the, the ski rental. Yeah, imagine, like, I, was t- I took your daughter with me to the gas station with my two other kids, and I'm like, okay, guys, get whatever you want. And then I pay for me and my two daughters, and I look at your kid and go, good luck. Yeah. <laughs> we'll be in the car waiting. He's 20 years old? I cannot yeah, But still imagine. invited. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I understand. I don't, I, have you ever been invited to, like... A situation that you're like, I know I don't belong here without this invitation. Like I, I yeah, wouldn't yeah, either yeah. be in on my own or whatever. I like I feel like that's the situation with the ski thing. 
Like you were invited, that yeah. you invited the kid, and so like I, you should just plan on taking him and paying for the things. If you can't afford it, or it's getting weird, or you think it's actually a good teaching lesson for a son who doesn't have much parenting at home, I think you should totally have that conversation. But yeah. if it's legit, just about the money, like I need to stop inviting yeah. him. Or yeah, that's yeah. what I'm saying. Don't yeah, be this way. That's why I said like the first thing is like you got to get over that piece. Like I think you're, you're there's no reason to obsess about it. unless he's making himself look silly and he doesn't know it. Then I think you should probably say something. right. And actually, the situation itself, I mean, it says more than she thinks, right? Like, I took my whole family on a week-long skiing vacation. This $10 at the, <laughs> for, the, for the skiing thing, I'm having a hard time feeling the impact of this. Okay, yeah. anybody else want to weigh in on this woman? Find the good, the gym. I was going to say, I think that <laughs> you have done a very good job loving this child, and this child feels like they are your child. Yeah. And so if that's how they feel, then... <laughs> I would continue on with that because, like, if you come in and then treat them differently, they may not feel as welcome. Yeah, because yeah, like, so if you you're know, inviting you're somebody on, to- yeah. you owe me ten bucks. <laughs> yeah, you you're know. inviting them on intimate family type yes. things. Like, right? it's not like, oh, yeah. we're going to the restaurant. It's like we're going to Florida to Disney World. You can come with us. That's a yeah, right. That's a big deal. This yeah. is a, yes. This is a fa- you're inviting them on family activities and then trying to treat them as if he is not family. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And like I mean, or surprised when he acts like family. Right. <laughs> do you right. think? Do you think that shifts? Like, is there a? Is there a, like? Do you feel like you're in Mike for uh, anytime you invite your kids anywhere for the rest of their lives? It's it's on your dime. Uh, I would say until they're probably thirties, thirty five. Thirty five. That's or making more money off. than me for sure. Yeah. <laughs> I had too many kids. Yeah, well, yeah, I should have stopped it like two. <laughs> I put four kids like they're going to be old enough at the time where like I could be paying for four adults to eat. Yeah. Gosh, I didn't think about that. They should, <laughs> they should send you a mailer after you have your second kid. They should say, hey, did you think about this, though? <laughs> now, the truth is, is one will dislike you and probably not be around. For some of the meals, I think they're going to come and eat spitefully on my dime. <laughs> I do have to say, my I am I'm 36 years old, and my parents we live next to them. They still will like sneak down the driveway, like if they're going out to dinner because they're afraid that they're going to see us and we're going to go with them and they're going to have to pay for it <laughs> because they can't. They, like we can't go with them and they just they want to pay. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. Like, Every so time they, they walk by, you should be like, "Can we get appetizers?" Yeah. So just don't live next to your kids where they can see you. Okay. It's convenient for good. them to get out okay. to dinner with you. I do that now, actually. I'm like, hey, I gotta, I gotta run and go fill up the, you know, get gas for the mower. And the kids are like, can I go? And I'm like, it's not gonna work out <laughs> because I want to buy things from the gas station, and I don't want to buy five of them. Yes, mm-hmm. yes. Yeah. It's just not. Go- Why won't it work out? I don't know. It's trouble don't on worry the roads. About it. <laughs> there's, there's banditos. <laughs> I don't want you guys in that kind of mess. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Is Dad okay with the Bandito <laughs> yeah. yeah, We'll see when he gets back. <laughs> Show up with a Slim Jim. I feel, yeah. that's right. I feel like he bought a full-strength Pepsi while I was yeah. there. That's what I feel like. The, the Bergens took all the full calf. And so, <laughs> sorry, kids. It's what it's like at the Casey's. <laughs> no, you can't have that diet soda. It's got that saccharin in it. <laughs> Bad for you. We have to be careful on how your bodies are growing. We talked to the music ladies. They yeah. said... <laughs> Okay, here we go. I I forgot to mention they signed it not an ATM in the South. 
Okay, all right. Well, there that, it is. That twist of Tag it yeah. with some sass. Oh. <laughs> yeah. Now we gotta, yeah. Now we got to talk about your heart. <laughs> bless your <laughs> heart. That's what the Southern yeah, people I'll say. bless your heart. <laughs> yeah, actually, you know what? You know what's interesting uh, to this person is I would say you've done all the work of kindness, and now you just refuse to accept it. Mm-hmm. Like yeah, the hard work the is door. To, it's to hand over the money. The hard work is to spend it on the guy. The hard work is to invite him in. You already did all the gracious things. Now yeah. all you got to do is keep from jabbing your mouth about it and just go, glad I could help. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Failing. Mm-hmm. What a thing to fail on. <laughs> no, no, I know. You already did it. <laughs> all right. Secular says, uh, you mentioned this young man's parents stopped reimbursing you for their son's expenses when he turned 18. What other things do they expect him to start shouldering responsibility for? You have been more than generous by continuing to subsidize him. Because you are uncomfortable with the situation, a conversation is overdue about how things should be handled in the future. Be sure to let him know that he is always welcome, but now he's an adult and some ground rules need to be set. And since your son's friend seems to not have mastered the words thank you, it would be a kindness to remind him how important they are. That is a tricky spot, mm-hmm. is is to be generous, but like, I mean, you think about even this with your own kids, right? Like you want to be, be generous with them, but like recognize... To when someone has done something of a kindness to them, yeah. so actually this happened. This happened today. Is is uh, I think one of my kids had an expectation. They were looking for a Halloween costume or something, and uh, having a hard time finding the right thing. And so my wife ended up taking them to like four different places to try to find this particular like the thrift stores and whatever. And um, and I think there was a thought that like, hey man, we've looked around a lot. If we don't find it next, you might have to think about changing your costume. Like, I'm not sure we're going to be able to find this thing. She took it real harsh, uh, <laughs> and uh, and was a little accusatory towards the mother. And I and I, the the blindness there was is that like um like obviously we don't have to go to four different places. Like we could have just said, look, we we gave one a shot and that's it. But like we're trying, and there was just like a lack of appreciation that like you, you weren't really owed that and it's like totally glad to do it that's why it happened but like having someone not recognize that they should be appreciative of that because like whatever they had in their head as if they were owed it was not right like you're missing mm-hmm. the world not i'm not mad about it but like you are taking it in wrong um that one is a little bit harder because then like you always feel like a real weasel to go and did you say thank you to me <laughs> like yeah. and that's not what you're after but it like it does feel weird to say that yeah. yeah but the thing is is like almost all things are skills right that's yep. it's a skill to to be appreciative right like mm-hmm. like i'd like to sell it as if it's just a, a heart change through the holy spirit and like it is but that's not the finality of it. Like, it is a skill. You have to embrace it and work on it and practice it and beat down the part that goes, I deserve better than this. Yeah. And blah, like, it's a skill that you do have to teach yeah. people, you know, and especially your kids. And, like, it, you do feel like a total jerk, right? Yeah. Did you yeah. thank your mom for making dinner tonight? <laughs> thank you. <laughs> that's the best you got right there? Yeah. Actually, uh, but, you know, that goes back to one of the things we started the show with, which is, like, um, it, it, it's okay. Fake it till you make it gets a bad rap. Um but not because I'd like to see the end of this. Go ahead, man. But, it's not because you are. It's not because you are. Um, you're trying to falsify something. It's the same process of building good of of getting better at something. Like it would be like someone uh, who says, "Like I stink at at shooting free throws," and then like they shoot four or five, and you come in and go faker. <laughs> you're a total liar. Right. What is what does it look like to practice something so that it creates a visibility into it so that you could get better at it? 
it's the same thing as faking it. <laughs> like it's it's yeah. it, but it but it's your intention with the process. You're not trying to deceive someone. You're trying to grow through it. And so like it's it's one of the things where. Uh, I didn't. Uh, this is the uh, complete line five one five five one seven zero zero eight five. Is is that like? Um, I would generally say like you got to be cautious on if you want your kids to get to church, but like like you can create some very negative vibes in them on how you force them to do it. But like I would also say that like you build. It's okay to build habits in them. It's okay to set boundaries and go look. I, you don't have. I can't force anything in your mind or heart to love this thing, but like this is the this is what we are doing, um, and like it, again, it's 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 a it's a help to them to set a habit, even if they don't love the habit. Well, yeah, and some of the some exterior changes or interior changes happen by practicing the output. Yes. You know, and so like, and that's, I mean, we talk about that one, all kinds of stuff. When we talk about addiction related things or like wandering eyes from fellas, right? Like you set up fences and, and, and allow growth in a safe space. And like, that's, it's kind of the same thing. Yeah, that's right. It's, it's, it's okay to say, like, we are looking for, um, not behavior modification, it's gospel transformation. That's, that's how the thing happens. But it doesn't mean that you don't still stay on the sidewalk when it makes sense. It doesn't mean like when you're coming out of addiction, you don't go hang out with the people that you were hanging out with beforehand. Right. Like there's a reason for that. Mm-hmm. Uh, you don't have to create miracles out of nothing. There's a prudence with how to walk. And like I will like remind you that like w- when you think uh, how the whole world is rescued, right? Jesus shows up on earth. He doesn't have to do that. Mm-hmm. God can totally just yell from the from the heavens and go, I think I rescued the thing. Have that, <laughs> right? But there's a reason Jesus walks the earth. There's a reason he prays. There's a reason that he holds bread. There's a reason that he serves. There's a reason that he physically shows and dies because our level of what it looks like to like fully forgive will never reach the extent of the example that Jesus gives. And mm-hmm. so like like we will self-limit of what it looks like to take to do physical human behavior. And so like there's a very there's a there's a true grace and even not just what Jesus does, but how he comes to do it. And so it's it's okay that we align the things that are in our hearts to the things that come out of our fingers and our mouths and how I comb my hair and all the things. Like it's okay. This concept of separation between internal and external is very much more of a, both a modern thing and a Western thing yeah. than it is an Eastern thing. And so, or Jesus's time, certainly like, and so it's it's just, it's okay to say, to repeat the prayers. It's okay to bow. It's okay to say, I don't know, my full heart isn't in this thing, but I'm going to make sure that I do this because I'm shooting free throws. I'm practicing what it looks like to be where I know that I want to be. Um, and there is an obedience in that that is still good. And edifying. And edifying, yeah. like you can overdo it. Um, you can like, worship it. That's right. You can worship it as a um, as a parent. Like you do, run, you you can make that. That's right. You can make that a god for your children, and they will flee from that god, and they will chuck God in the process. And so, like, I know why there's a there's a hesitance to it. There's a rebellion against where we've misused it. But again, there's a bit of baby bathwater going on in there. Where I think we just have to be cautious mm-hmm. about how we think about it. Yeah. Okay. Last one. You ready? No. Yeah. They're live from the path. <laughs> I'm so disgusted. Uh-oh. My husband has started walking around the house with no underpants, <laughs> letting it all hang out, so to speak. <laughs> Wait, it gets better. <laughs> <laughs> then he makes comments like, doesn't this look good? <laughs> I gotta meet this guy. <laughs> okay. Hey, oh, hey. you're looking at him. Emily, did you write this? <laughs> <laughs> okay. Tuck it up. Here we go. We're not done. I'm sickened by his behavior. I feel violated. Wow. 
How do I tell him to stop without hurting his male pride? <laughs> okay, violated. I don't know. I mean, you married this gorilla. <laughs> you know? <laughs> I have so many questions. <laughs> what does she sign this as? Or do you not say that yet? Covering my eyes. <laughs> Um, what I want to know is, are your curtains open? Do you live in town? I would open the curtains. Here's what I'm going to say. <laughs> if your curtains are open, this better be coming from somebody else. Like, you should go, yes, uh, thank you, I like that. <laughs> not on the sofa. <laughs> yeah. yeah, you can't sit there, Yeah, and you're not cooking. <laughs> yeah, there's ground rules, I think, that need to be set. Yeah. yeah. You know, the- men are like toddlers. Um <laughs> If you don't, if you don't give him the attention, I think I'm tell you, the, like the, I need you to cook me some bacon. How's this like? What the, the thought process going through this man's head when he gets into his house and goes, "Was it? Oh yeah, is it hot? She's Do gonna they live love in this." Texas? <laughs> I mean, first of all, you could not know your wife anymore, friend. <laughs> I can tell you right now, she does not love. Her. <laughs> Almost any woman's gonna go. No, thank you. Yeah. Yeah. No, thank no. you. No, this is not even coming close to the practical 99.95% of the way that we live our lives. You need to put that away. I own one. I don't want anyone to see it. It's time for it to go away. I don't think we're getting, we cannot be getting the whole story here. What do you think That's the side I have, story is? I have more questions. Like, is it hot? Does he have a rash? <laughs> is this the only fix for a rash? You, he web emptied it and said, baby you got to get out in the Lord's air. That'll there, fix it. Does he have psoriasis? <laughs> I don't have a problem with this. Is there a medical reason? <laughs> I, do, do we think, like, do you think he's playing it off for comedy? I think he's a doofus. <laughs> and, and here's the thing. It's like, it would take one time to realize that the joke ain't landing. Right? <laughs> She used the words, I feel violated. I feel like this is a yeah. bit strong. Okay. Yeah. She might yeah. be overselling this slightly. Like, once again, <laughs> yeah. you, you've seen this package before. Hey, turn the air down to 50, and he'll put his pants back on, yeah. I swear. You'll be like, oh, no. <laughs> Just turn it way low. Things are going the other direction. <laughs> this used to look good. <laughs> I don't know what to say about this guy. I don't know. You think this is fine? Uh, she's very afraid to hurt his male pride. Um, I, he, I, I, I don't. I don't. <laughs> I wouldn't be worried about it. In, in all honesty, I, I, I don't understand the. Um, I don't understand this marriage relationship. <laughs> I, 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 like I don't like that reaction. That reaction to him. Should, like it might be you're embarrassing yourself, Ted. I get that. <laughs> or will you put that away? Yeah. <laughs> I get that like too. A, like a oh shucks but, moment. But like, there's something actually very. Like um, unfamiliar about her reaction to, to, to I mean, no one else gets to see this man naked. Like it's that's you. That's it. You're the only take renter of this man's glory, right? And so, like, <laughs> is it though, or well, are the cats all pride? Are the neighbors seeing this too? That's what I need to know. It doesn't because say... then I'd be like, you know, you might want to wear some. Right. So, I, so that's what I'm saying. I think that would be the first thing she would say. Like if yes. it was parading around in the public square in the wilds, yeah. I think that she would have mentioned it. Guys, so there it really used is to be, just her taking it in. There yeah. used to be a man that would mow his yard in Buzzville in a Speedo. And she was, we named him Speedo Man. And I mean, like, like if, it's, if it's going <laughs> if it's going to that level, then maybe. But I would love to have heard that you discussion. Personally, what should we call that man? What about Speedo, Speedo, Speedo Man? man. <laughs> yeah, that's dead on. Yeah, you, just, you, never, you knew when you went trick-or-treating not to knock on his door. Wait a minute. Because he he's going to run the lawn? <laughs> It's October. It's the end of October. No, oh, no he was saying. always in it. Okay, so he's Speedo all the time. Oh. doesn't matter where he's mowing the lawn or not. No. 
don't He's a real Muppet, this, this guy. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> I don't know why I brought that up. I'm yeah. sorry. <laughs> I just, it is equally hard to take in. That's why. <laughs> I find this man funny. And I feel like if you can't, I mean, where, you don't get to do it anywhere else. This is the only opportunity. I, it seems like there either has to be something else going on or she's way too I sensitive I agree. About because it. If, if this was like, like, if my husband did that, I know he would be being stupid. Like, I know right. he would be trying to be funny. And I would be like, you're gross. Go yeah. away. It's a very small joke, sir. Yeah. That's <laughs> <laughs> a five, five. <laughs> You want him to knock it off or don't you? <laughs> yeah. So I feel like if she's actually offended to the point where she's writing in, there's got to be something. Yeah, else something else is yeah. happening. Something Otherwise, else. like I feel like this would just go away. In fact, I like here's I, I'll be honest, I, I bet you could just in, if it was the right right type of thing. If you were is this a healthy relationship, indulgent like once go. Yep, I really do like that. And then you know what? You took the shine off him. Now right. he doesn't feel it's he's like the teenager like yeah, trying to get gotta, your rise That's what out I meant you. about the toddler thing. Yeah. Yes, yeah. that's right. Don't so, overreact. Yeah. yeah. That's Say, true. Thank you for sharing this with me. <laughs> Yeah. I know you're going through some things that I don't understand. Yeah. <laughs> you pray a lot. Right. Here's a snack. <laughs> Here's a snack. Okay. That's going to backfire. <laughs> this is how we get snacks around here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, until he goes, Do you go to the store today? No. Oh. <laughs> and then he shows up fully clothed. <laughs> I'll go find some pants. <laughs> I hate to stay. I'm more for him. Uh, yeah, I'm for him. <laughs> I, think, I think this is fine. Okay, hold on. The question was, it, it, the, the thing isn't whether she's wrong. Her question is, how do I tell him to stop without hurting his male pride? And your answer is, you don't. But no, you can tell him to stop. I don't know. Like, I, I'm more. I would what if more. It's every day, Ben. I think. She didn't who say cares that. if you hurt his male pride? Like, <laughs> he's doing something that makes you uncomfortable. Yeah, you need to be honest. You tell him okay, that now, makes me uncomfortable. It's I don't an care elbow. If it bugs you. It's a. It's an elbow. It's, it's not exactly it's an a, elbow. It's, a, it's an elbow. <laughs> okay, so what, let's say that. Let's say he was doing because you're presenting it as if it's innocuous, right? So that's let's how say, she said it. Okay, so let's say that instead <laughs> of him being in the Buckwilds, he's wearing a cheetah outfit. So he comes home every day, puts on a cheetah. Like pajamas? Yeah. He's wearing footy cheetah pajamas. Yeah, okay. Yeah, and yeah, she yeah. really hates it and finds it offensive and ridiculous and a violation of where she stands. That doesn't I reject the re- violation of where she stands. She, she doesn't care for it. She has the right to live in a home without a cheetah pet. A, a cheetah without a cheetah pet. He has the right to live in the wild. <laughs> What is the difference? I, I think uh, in marriage you have to find middle ground <laughs> and be honest about your so, feelings. So cheetah speedo is what I'm hearing. <laughs> <laughs> Just need to dial it back a little. And two dudes in Pleasantville go. Everything's coming up, Larry. Finally, the world's coming around. Yeah, this is a nothing burger of a conversation in Norma. You could look at a guy and go. I just, you know, I know you think I appreciate that, and I'm glad to be associated with you, but not at this moment. Like, you can totally say this without offending his manhood. Like, there's totally ways to do this. It's the comments, Ben. Or you can get a taser, I mean. Doesn't this look good? (laughs) I mean, that's bold. Okay, give me two options in how he says it, because there's multiple ways to say it. 
doesn't doesn't this look good? <laughs> or doesn't this look good? <laughs> or does this look good? Does this, yeah. Doesn't yeah. this look good? Are you yeah. sure she, he's not just yeah. asking like to just check say, a rash or something? Yeah. <laughs> just say that's true. He just wants her attention. Please yeah. look at this. Please yeah. look yeah. at this. <laughs> I can't see it. Yeah. <laughs> hey, here's how you don't, this is how you handle. Does this look good? Yes, I'm glad it's mine. Let's keep it that way. Go put some pants on. Yes. Yeah. You really. Uh, yeah. I'd like to see it later. Yes. <laughs> like much later. Yeah. <laughs> like go away right now. <laughs> Trebek's on. Context <laughs> is everything. <laughs> Saran wrap the couch. <laughs> yeah, and get to Febreze out on your way back. <laughs> and see if the cat's all right. <laughs> it seems terrifying. <laughs> but for land's sakes, don't mow the lawn. <laughs> Put your speedo right. on. <laughs> okay, <laughs> secular says I'm gonna I'm gonna weigh it just like I, like I think she's overreacting. Here's the thing: is like uh, eh, dudes are they're rough in this area, and sometimes when they don't know what to do, they straight result to goofiness. <laughs> it's their attempt to try to bridge a gap that they don't know how to fix. And so, like if he's if he's trying to do a thing, and like most women know when their husband is trying to do a thing and failing at it, yep. but trying they know what like if he's trying and he's trying to do this thing for, like, the, the betterment of your marriage or, like, to whatever. I mean, he's he's reaching for the wrong spice, but he's, yeah. he's in the right cupboard, right? So help him out. Now, if he's just a straight-up goofball, I don't know. You've been married to him for, I'm assuming, a decent amount of time, right? Like, it, like this shock and awe campaign that you're on seems a little oversold to me. Yeah. I Not feel just, like he could have written a letter. My wife has no sense of humor. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Or my wife doesn't like spicy chili. <laughs> and for some reason, everybody hates it when I move yeah. along. Yeah. <laughs> I don't understand. <laughs> I, I brought the heat. She ordered broccoli. I don't understand <laughs> what's even happening. I talk about myself in the third person. <laughs> Come on, Larry. Let's go inside. <laughs> We're unappreciated out here. Oh, okay. oh, 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 oh catfish. <laughs> Okay, secular secular says, I'm, this better match your advice. Here we go. I'm sorry you didn't mention how old your husband is and how long you two have been married, but any radical change in an older person's behavior could indicate a serious medical problem. <laughs> Consider discussing this with your doctor because your exhibitionist spouse may need a medical and neurological exam to see if he's experienced a small stroke or the beginnings of dementia. <laughs> if he is still, quotes, youngin', give him the affirmation he is asking for, then ask him to cover it up. <laughs> I didn't consider the dementia. Yeah. We did say we did cover medical condition, but yeah. I was thinking more skin. <laughs> now think think about it. Your husband's finally come up with with the gusto to try to pull off one of these maneuvers. Like I'm gonna try this thing, and you go, "Hey, baby, doesn't this look good?" And you say, "Are you having a stroke?" <laughs> yeah. I'm worried about your mental. Yeah. Are you having dementia? Right. <laughs> okay. Yeah. So practically, just think about what it takes. This guy could be like an arrogant Captain Antonio. Like he could just be. <laughs> He could have no view of the world. But like let's just assume that he's not he's not wild and nuts. All right. So just just think of what it takes. I shouldn't have said nuts. That was a, that was a mistake. We're gonna, let, we're gonna let it go. That was I was looking at the thrift store priest and he would not look at me and I thought, what what did I say? That's what I said. Uh but like And there he goes. Just just reverse it. And you were trying to get your spouse's attention. And you literally laid it all out there. What does it feel like to feel totally rejected in that moment? Just have some. This is the man you loved. You're committed to him and all his accoutrements. Just <laughs> find a way to give him an affirmation and send him on his way. Yeah, I think that's true. 
Yeah. I would, it would be a real, t- like, again, you switch the roles. If, if we switch the roles and the guy had a really negative reaction, you'd be all over that. No, dude. I'd be yelling. You'd be like, what type of insensitive turd would do that yeah. to, uh, yes, that, and that's what I'm saying. Is there a book club going on? Like, is she having friends over and he's doing, like, I think more information. I feel like is she needed. didn't mention any of that. She didn't. Wouldn't like, that would be top That would be different. That would it's be hard different. to give advice when you don't know the whole situation. Yeah, uh, yeah but I, I do think that, well, <laughs> if those were in play, she most certainly would have mentioned it right because it's very easy to get people on your side to go the neighbor kids uh saw your christmas present and (laughs) the the ladies from the book club don't enjoy him (laughs) like these are these things would have come up so it sounds like it's just her which again this it's that's a little bit different to me i i would i would really beat up a dude for allowing his wife to to to, uh, if he if he did not react in a some sort of supportive, if not like oh, yes, do it all the I time. I mean, type ultra of way. supportive kind of way. Yeah, <laughs> he better bring everything he's got. Yeah, yes, I, this is fantastic. Do it all the time. That's what I would expect the guy to say. And instead, she goes, "Ooh, <laughs> yeah." What well, I I feel violated. Uh, I think she's way overselling it. I think that's way too far. <laughs> I mean, the dude's. I mean, this is a bit. Uh, it's a bit off. But it like, depends on how many times. Well, I guess well, she hasn't told him to stop, well, right? Because she she's afraid that he's to. He's doing it a lot, though. Like he's doing it all the time. So I'm sure she. I mean, at first, if you're like, "Yay, this is great," but right. then it just keeps happening. Yeah. At some point, you have uh, to be just like, from a woman's perspective. Let's talk do about you know any boundaries. women that would be like, "Oh, that's great"? Like, yeah. no, <laughs> no, that's a pretty that's much not... running theme. <laughs> the internet has done that to fellas. <laughs> In some sort of belief that you're offering something <laughs> that you're not offering. That people that would not, like to take yeah. in visually. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's a mistake. That's right. In yeah. fact, it was Eve that said, we should make some coverings. <laughs> <laughs> Real quick. Go find the, some leaves. The truth leaves. is now known. We need to find some leaves. <laughs> Adam goes, why? Because <laughs> she just went, good. <laughs> yeah, I don't Goo. know. What's the problem? Doesn't this look good? Yeah. <laughs> I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna go mow something. <laughs> All right, you've been listening to Life from the Path on Life from the Path dot org. Oh, yeah, uh, let me, let me, let me. Yeah, do it. Five one five five one seven zero zero eight five. That's call or text. Now listen, with the texts, I don't want to see it. I, I don't know what you're thinking, and you think it's eleven o'clock at night, and you think you're funny. You're not funny. <laughs> You complain about the show. That's what the line is for. <laughs> Not for anything else that you think is happening. Don't. I know some sort of internet meme popped into your mind that you thought was glorious related to this topic. I don't want to see that either. Okay. As a matter of fact, you stay off the TikTok. <laughs> go Use to it. bed. You go yeah. to bed. You go to bed. That's you should right. spend the rest of the night listening to Ope. There, there it is. It is. Yes. <laughs> That's your redemption for the night. You read James 1 and 2, and you listen to, oh, That's there it is. That's what she needs to do. That's what she needs to say. Oh, there it is. Oh, there it is. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, okay. It's, it's going to produce the wrong thing in this man. Oh, man. He's going to go, and there it was. <laughs> All right. I didn't even produce the music for the show. We're gonna, I'm going to fade it out later in the post-production. All right. Thank you very much uh, for the ladies from Pleasantville Youth Initiative, Jenny Koenig and Emily Hawkins. Thank you guys for coming in. Yeah, thanks yeah. for having us. It was fun. <laughs> it was fun. We'll edit out the last 20 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> Thank and maybe, you very much. Maybe the first 20. And uh, maybe the first 20. <laughs> <laughs> Theology and male nudity. <laughs> Live it's a good at, book ends. Live at nine. Uh, anyway, thank you guys. Thanks so much for hanging out live from the path. If you got any feedback for the show, definitely use that complaint line. I don't want your pictures. And uh, we'll try to be with you in the coming weeks. In the meantime, be faithful in the means. God will handle the ends. You've been listening to Live from the Path.